Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Internet DNA with me, Abby. And me, Dan. So, you're in New York. I am indeed, yes. How is it? It's amazing. It's been really sunny, but cold over the last two days. And you had a really good day out being a tourist yesterday. Yes, I did. I walked the High Line. It's beautiful, isn't it? Then I walked the Hudson Park all the way down to the 9-11 Memorial. Then from there down to Battery Park and then basically back up what is effectively Broadway all the way back up. Stopping off in the village and Tribeca just to be more touristy, really, and eat something. Uh, Walked for eight hours yesterday. So this week we're going to talk about is technology making us stupid? Yes. And I especially like that. A bit like when you said digital nomads riding the coat waves of poverty. This one, you said, a world of knowledge at our fingertips and we're watching cats fall off sofas. I love the eloquence. (laughs) 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 But you know what? I was like, yeah, 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 sure. So we probably watch more rubbish than we should. But hey, what's the problem? But the more I looked into it, the more it's fundamentally changing the way our brain works. In a terrifying way, which is good, because on this podcast we like to talk about terrifying futures, but there's quite a lot to say. And I want to start, though, by saying to you, is it making you more stupid? In some ways, my first contention is that it's just removing our memory from the way that we learn things. In some ways, I don't remember things in the way that I used to because I don't have to. From simple things like I used to know everybody's phone number. Oddly, I used to know everybody's uh, registration plate. I also used to remember many more classes and function names and that sort of thing than I do now where I can just look them up. So it's almost that my brain has realized it doesn't need to know anything. It sort of needs to know how to stitch things together, but it doesn't need to know the details. In many ways, it is making me more stupid. I mean, there's two things there. Interestingly, most people say... No, it's not making me more stupid. It's making them more stupid. (laughs) So that was really cool that you said, no, I think it is making me more stupid. But what we're doing is we can do things really fast and we know it's there and we know we can find it, which is great. But because we're looking at so much information and we're trying to multitask and our brain has to think about the links and the ads and make many decisions is exactly what you're saying. We're not committing the information to memory, which in the longer scale of things is quite scary because it's making us shallower and shallower. If we haven't committed information to memory, when we're trying to be creative or have ideas or discuss a topic, we haven't digested the information to use to inform us about that topic that we're discussing. So we are not able to have proper conversations and new ideas because we haven't committed the information to memory. I mean, I use the cat movies just because I think everybody would recognize that. People spend a vast (laughs) amount of time on the internet doing ultimately pointless things. Yeah, well, entertainment. One of the real problems I think of people removing memory is that another way of looking at is is people removing history from their brain. So it's not that you can't look it up, because of course you can look up history. But then history becomes... There's an old saying, history is written by the victors. What that means is that you only hear the story from the people that get to write history, who historically have tended to be the victors of wars. But now you're talking about people who get to control the story and they get to control history about what they're doing with it. 
And so, in the future, we're not going to have so much history because we've been so busy consuming data that we haven't actually stopped happening around us and having that deep within ourselves. So as a, a rich tapestry of a culture that, that we were talking about the other week, the multiculturalism or uniculturalism, as we decided it should be, yeah. we won't have that. That's why when we talk about, oh, it's so much froth and everyone's just more interested in clickbait than actually long-form news, that is all we will know. Yes. And what you lose is the nuance. Yes. And so it becomes very, very easy to control the story. If everybody's looking at it in a soundbite value, it's very easy to say, you know, I'm in New York, so I'm going to use Trump. But in that Trumpian way of just throwing out sound bites constantly, be they Don't true or be they false, just stick them out there. Because actually what happens is they stick in your mind, whether you think they're true or not. One of the key ones is fake news. What it really teaches you that the whole idea of fake news is don't believe anything you hear or see. And the danger of that is then everything can be true or cannot be true. If you can't believe the sources, it actually leads to a, just a general cynicism and it becomes really worrying in a long term sense. So that's what I meant by it. it's making us more stupid, which is we don't know the things we used to know. My worry as well is that we're going to get to the stage where we don't have the capacity to come up with new ideas because we can't reflect or be creative or come up with ideas for two reasons. One, we're not committing the information to memory, so we haven't got the resource for the ideas to come from. And two, if you don't let your brain have downtime, so go for a walk without listening to music or just sit and not be doing anything because light bulb moments come when you're not doing something and we don't let our brains not do things anymore. So yes, we'll have lots of ideas that are determined by data. The data can only determine ideas from what's been before. That sort of crazy, off the wall, out of the box thought that we have and that, that a lot of things are built from will no yeah. longer be there. And that, yeah, it's A, it's the most exciting it? part of life, that excitement of this brave new world. And B, it's so important. That really worried me. And another thing is when we touched on when we were talking about children is it's really great to use the internet for all this information that's there if we have a purpose. I'm going to go to the internet to research the Second World War. But if yeah. we're just randomly flipping and swiping and doing TikTok and looking at white cats and we have no purpose, then again, it's sapping our energy and our creativity. And we're eating not going to gain anything from it by doing it. So you have to have, like you said, an Instagram, have a purpose, have a reason to your feed. Don't just let it sap your whole day. Yeah. Just a little example. Like yesterday, obviously, I was being a tourist. And thousands and thousands of people taking pictures of themselves in front of stuff. Which is another way how you don't actually remember the day anyway. Because, because if you're taking a picture, you're less likely to have remembered the moment. And I took loads of pictures, but I took pictures of the actual thing, not me in front of a thing. <laughs> because I thought what was interesting about what I was taking a photograph was obviously what it was, not my grinning mug stuck in front of something i think that's what the internet is doing as well we're becoming everything... very egocentric yeah it's all about self and you lose the cultural interest of what you're actually looking at because it's more important to have you grinning in front of it than the thing itself you know i watch cats falling off sofas as much as anybody else does <laughs> but i think the other thing is is that we're actually losing skills you've been talking about the fact that we have the world of knowledge at our fingertips 
And I'm a great believer that this knowledge is amazing in the way that children learn. Because if we're trying to aim for the moon, we don't need to start on the ground. We can start halfway up because the technology is giving us a lot of the information to give us a push to start further on so that we don't need to do rote learning. We don't need to know our times tables. We need to use that information and springboard from there. So the interesting thing is how teachers are going to teach children when it's not all about having to remember facts, it's how to be creative, how to come up with ideas, applied I learning. It, I think it is about memory. I think it is about learning. I think one of the things that has really helped me in my life is the fact that I read a huge amount as a young child about almost everything. And because you're reading, you really are committing to memory. And it's given me a, a holistic ability to put bits together to say, that over there is actually not that different from this thing over here, which looked like they're not the same thing. One's a war and one's a way a city developed. They don't look the same, but actually your brain starts to make connections. And so I think the memory is important. This idea that we don't have to remember anything anymore because we've got a phone. That's what you're saying is stops us from making those creative connections because there's nothing to connect to. There's just a connecting to another there's nothing there. Well that's why we've got to learn on how to advance and use our brains in a different way because our brains are changing from yes. the way that we're using technology so maybe we don't need the memory maybe we do need to start in a different way. You said part of the reason that perhaps the internet was making us stupid because actually it's making us lonely it's making us communicate less that has a very much Being a knock-on effect in the family, I've, we've just had half term and I feel that technology creates a friction in that I'm constantly telling my children to get off the screen and go and do something and they can't go and do something else unless they're prompted to. And that creates a friction between parent and child, which shouldn't yeah. be there. And then instead of using the, the family to discuss things, heal things, learn things, be a stronger, better person, they're not talking to the family and they're going online to get results which I think perhaps is making some of the anxiety and some of the destructive natures that young people are having happen but because I they're not think using they the strength of the family unit yeah and they're not fixing it they're not going on the internet to fix it they're going on the internet to distract themselves and that's why they watch cats falling off sofas it's why everyone's watching cats falling off sofas so they don't have to deal yeah. with the things that they actually should deal with it's not like people are going oh do you know what i'm a little bit having a conscious problem with this i'm going to go on the internet and find out about it they're like oh i don't really want to think about this let's go watch a cat fall off a sofa and that's this sort of distraction technique is the sort of same thing that i talked about fake news which is it's this let's just not deal with anything let's just live in this weird distracted world and that's at least where you're getting your friction from your children. Where from, we're not is... really dealing with the underground. Yeah. But I think that it will improve. I think, as yeah. you've said before, we're still in the Wild West. Were you talking yeah. about the speed of technology and how things are changing? Yeah, and I think in the whole world of technology, everything is moving so fast that we haven't caught up. We've talked about when the telephone came into place, it took nearly 50 years for everybody to have a telephone. Once the TV arrived, it took 15, 20 years for everyone to have a TV. Computers probably maybe five years, but a mobile phone... I mean, everybody had a smartphone within pretty much two years of the iPhone 1, which was the first smartphone ever. So there's that latency changed. going on. We just need time to catch up. We've just had not had the time to learn how to use these things in a constructive manner.
I worry as well that what's making us stupid is we're not committing this information to our memory and we're not giving our brains the downtime to then reproduce this information and come up with new ideas. We're getting ideas from the data, but that's not new, out-of-the-box, blue-sky thinking. No. That's ideas from what has been before. So how do you think that we can become less stupid using technology then than more stupid? Do you know what? I think that's going to be like a cultural thing. I mean, the way you can do it is think about what are you actually doing on the internet? Are you sitting yes, there having watching, a purpose? Are you sitting there watching cats fall off sofas? If you are, is that really better than going and seeing somebody or talking to somebody or going for a walk? Is it enriching your life? As much There's as so much else you healing could be doing. power of just going to talk to someone in person. If you go, I haven't got time to go and talk to them, or I don't need to go and talk to them because I've been yeah. on my phone all day and I know exactly what they're up to. Say you're slightly isolated, whereas if you make the effort to go and have that coffee, you come back feeling enriched, feeling yeah. happier. And it wasn't a waste of time. No. What would you have been doing instead? I haven't got time to go and see this person. I'm too busy. But you can waste the time. I think you touched on it when we were talking about educating kids with technology. I think using all that information there for a reason. I must go and research the Second World War. And going and finding out information is a really, really good use. But not having a reason and just sort of fumbling around for hours, that's making you stupid. And in the education system, there's a real problem because they have all these apps, educational apps. But what they seem to be doing, these apps, is drawing a distinction between the internet and learning. If you want to learn, you have to go on these apps. And some of them actually aren't that bad, but it creates a mental disconnect with the children between they're like, oh, I need some screen time. You're like, you've been on a screen for an hour. Yeah, but that was homework. And it's creating this disconnect between how you use the internet and how you learn. And for people like me, from an older generation. I use the internet to learn. I've watched my fair share of cats, but what I do on the internet in my free time is watch documentaries on the things that I'm interested in. It's important though, when you're looking and researching as well, I'm always telling my children not to look at two screens because you're not getting anything from either of them. The whole multitasking has proven that you're achieving less. And so if you're going to watch a film watch a film, be part of it, get into it. If you're on another screen as well, you're not going to get anything from either of them. Which actually, there's been a whole talk recently on people watching and listening to things on double time. I mean, that's unbelievable. If we're saying that all this information jetting from one to the other is meaning that we can't commit it to memory. Consuming data at double time means you're really not going to remember. I just don't know why people feel that they have to get so much stuff in. Uh, okay, so I do listen to one channel in particular. You don't? Not on double time. I listen to a 1.25, so like a quarter speeded up. <laughs> because the guy has got such a slow voice that there's a part of my head that is going, wow, I mean, he could say this a lot quicker. The thing I've noticed I've also do recently is that I've actually stopped watching. I've just put my headphones on and I sit on the sofa or wherever I am and I just listen. I just listen to it and I find I pick up way more information. You're looking at uh, what you focus. There are occasions where they'll talk about, oh, and if you look here, then I'll go and have a look on the screen. And I found that that's made me pick up and understand what I'm listening to a lot more than even if it's just staring at the bloke talking at me. It doesn't add any value. Well, there's a good way to get less stupid, to get more clever. But I think on the other side of that, I worry that cinemas 
are becoming uh, films are becoming more bland and more noisy just to let you have the time to sort of check your phone and not have actually missed anything. The nuance is going from things that actually having to concentrate, the enjoyment from concentrating for me. Well, I'm hopefully going to go and see The Irishman tonight, which well, is a three and go. a half hour. That's going to challenge even me to concentrate. Well, it's apparently our concentration span has dropped from 12 seconds to eight seconds, which I'm sure I can concentrate a bit longer than eight seconds, but I think I can do about eight hours. No, I think that's just not true. I think that's exactly, <laughs> you especially, in fact, can't concentrate at all. And because you're a creative, your brain is constantly boop, 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 doo, 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 wandering around looking at stuff. So like when you draw a red circle, it's immediately stopped worrying about drawing it. And it's off thinking about red circles and circles and red things. And oh, maybe did we not? Uh... And when they talk about that length of concentration, what they're talking about is the an absolutely pure, not letting your mind wander, sitting absolutely on a thing. People's ability to do that really is decreasing. Eight seconds when I'm meditating does feel quite a long time. Yeah. But if our culture is getting shallower, if all this quick flicking around, and in fact, I think advertising has a lot to answer for us becoming stupider because all the links, all the ads are making our brains having to make split-second decisions all the time. So we're not able to focus and commit to memory long-form information. And then we're not even being offered long-form information, Twitter no. and things, which is a shame because for me, the exciting thing in life, the challenge and things is coming up with new ideas. It's not just being fed information. It's actually taking the time out and really having to think things through. And if we're losing that deep ability, we'll lose us some enjoyment in life as well. Whenever I think about this type of topic, I think of the film Wally because it just shows what happens if you become a completely passive consumer of stuff rather than an active creator of things. And what do you become? Well, have you not watched it? Become a, basically a blob in a seat watching a screen being fed commercial nonsense and totally not connected either with human beings or your environment whatsoever. And um, it don't make you happy. No, we've seen, you know, Rest there are Lindbergh. people. Yeah, there are people who are going, well, you're just sleepwalking into a nightmare because you can't be bothered to make a decision to actually think about things. And whether she's right or she's wrong, she's at least thinking about it and being active. I about think I would like to do a podcast on decision-making paralysis as it's another thing that started to take hold of the world and whether that's been brought on by the internet i don't know but perhaps that's a podcast for next week i oh, think we yeah. should go now you need to go and enjoy an amazing breakfast in the big apple. i do and so speaking of fortnight speaking of fortnight bye